Welcome to Ignite Your Business Radio Show. Light the match, throw some gasoline on, and buckle up because we're about to take your business to the next level. I'm your host, Josh Wilhelm. Even in the 21st century, many businesses would tell you that if they could dramatically improve and transform one aspect of their business, it would probably be in their human resources department. Despite the advent of technology and how to streamline businesses as we know it, for many of us, our HR needs are still struggling to keep up. Why? Well, perhaps it's because HR needs can be difficult to predict at times. It's also true that great many of the businesses tasks and responsibilities falls to HR. It can be difficult then to create a process that allows a company to meet their varied ongoing demands. Companies need job placement and workforce solutions relevant to their industry. It shouldn't be a surprise that then the HR software market is expected to grow from 6.47 billion with a B in 2017 to 9.89 billion by the end of the next year. However, the challenge for many businesses is to find software that they can rely on. Where can you turn for this? In enters HR Kangaroo, which is rapidly building a reputation on offering one of the most comprehensive, flexible HR software solutions currently available. The more you learn about Sarah Chang and her contributions to the powerful HR software solution known as HR Kangaroo, the more intrigued you're going to be. A human resources consultant, writer, and entrepreneur, Sarah has brought a plethora of unique ideas and values to a wide range of startups and other professional endeavors. Her drive and innovativeness are at the heart of HR Kangaroo, which seeks to become the only human resources software solution you're ever going to need. Sarah has an extraordinary career thus far without question, and I'm excited to speak with her today about her journey to HR Kangaroo, what this software brings to the table of HR departments, and much more. Sarah, it is a pleasure to have you here on the show with us today. Thanks, Josh. Good to be here. All right. So obviously, HR referring to human resources for those mm-hmm. that have been living under a rock for some time, not realizing what <laughs> HR stands for. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so HR Kangaroo, I want you to talk a little bit about that and share with us what it is you do, because obviously HR is kind of the general umbrella and there's lots of little niches that go underneath it. As you mentioned, one of them being payroll. So specifically when it comes to HR Kangaroo, your company, what services specifically do you provide under that umbrella of HR? So that's a really good question. At the end of the day, HR Kangaroo is the goal is to provide a software platform for small businesses to really run their HR departments on their own. So most small businesses that have anywhere from 20 to 75 employees will generally be trying to figure out the HR piece on their own between the owner the operations manager, the admin, you name it, there's someone else in the company that doesn't do HR that's trying to figure it out. And and it's a hard piece of it. And they don't necessarily have a company or employee base large enough to necessarily need a full-time HR person. Um, They haven't always found necessarily an HR consultant to work with. So they're kind of doing as much as they can on their own on the compliance side. And usually they'll come to a point where they know they need to manage their more than just what I think a lot of software platforms do right now, which is they say they do HR, but really what they do is they hold your files and they don't do a whole lot more than that. Um, and so we've created a place where people can really do everything that they need for HR and managing their people 
in one place. I think there's a lot of great programs on the marketplace right now, but what you'll find is either number one, they do kind of just scratch the surface because they're usually coming with the payroll software. So they'll say they hold their files, they'll help them with onboarding, which for them really just means a few papers to sign and, and then they'll call it a day. There's other platforms on the marketplace where they do a lot for HR, but in one single feature. So maybe they'll have a focus on performance or they'll focus on goal setting or they'll focus on training and standard operating procedures. Um, but for a small business, it doesn't really make sense to pay for five or six different platforms to manage your HR. Um, budget's always a concern when it comes to small businesses. Um, and it's confusing. I think you are on top of having you know multiple HR platforms, you've got a lot of normal platforms. So you've got Monday.com and you've got work, you know, you've got different platforms that are just trying to manage like Asana to manage your project management. You've got Slack, you've got Harvest for timekeeping. So people already have multiple platforms for other aspects of their business. Try to add on five or four or five for HR and people are just not going to do that. But I think what they get at the end of the day is most people recognize when it comes to their people, their people is their most important resource. They know that managing their people, training their people is important. Compliance is an issue. So I think trying to navigate those things are hard. So what we've tried to do here at HR Kangaroo is give you one place that you can do all those things. You can manage your compliance. You can manage your performance management. You can handle true onboarding, which means doing the documentation, but also thinking about their training and their development, um, their integration with the team, um, their management over the next few months as they're getting really integrated with the organization. Uh, we talk about goal setting and um, a place to hold your information for your training and your standard operating procedures. And then what, right now we're actually working on the payroll piece along with timekeeping. Got it. All right. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is the most pressing challenge for HR departments or really, so looking at small businesses, like you're talking about, that's really your specialty. So there's probably mm -hmm. not going to be actually a HR department or it's a, a department yeah. of one being the business owner, uh, usually <laughs> yeah. for small business. Yeah. So with that said, but what do you find as being the number one challenge in 2021 for small mm -hmm. businesses, specifically in the HR world? Well, definitely for sure right now, everybody is, talent has been a big hot topic in HR for quite a long time, finding the right talent. And people say, hey, I see all these unemployment numbers. Where are all these people looking for jobs? And um, I think there's a really big dichotomy between really talented staff and employees and what's on the marketplace, to be, to be honest. And I think at the same time, there's a lot more global competition for talent now. Um, a lot more yeah. companies are more open, especially with COVID, um, looking more globally and starting to attract talent from across the country, across the globe. Mm. Um, to cut costs as well. So I think it's it's hard as far as finding the right talent that fits what your needs are. I think at the same time, trying to integrate remote teams is gonna be new, especially with since COVID. That's a really new dynamic that most companies are not really equipped or familiar with doing. Sure. Um, so I think really trying to find the right people and manage them you know, in multiple locations will be an interesting. Yeah, I, I would say certainly I 100% agree with you on all those different pieces. And I think it's interesting with the part that I pulled out of that that piqued my curiosity was you talking about how it's really put an emphasis on the global market, 
not just the within the states or even within your own state, anything like that, where the traditional thought process is, well, within a certain mile radius because of travel, certainly COVID and working from home, opening that up now opens up the world a lot more as kind of being your your choice of, of talent. Uh, our team, especially as we've grown, has always look at, looked at the situation as it actually is a benefit to be able to tap into the world market versus local only. I mean, y- you have very low numbers of specialists, depending on where you are as a business owner, within a certain mile radius of someone that you might be looking for. So you end up kind of having to settle in some cases for okay talent, but it's really not who you maybe need and really want, but you're limited by the distance. So that's an excellent point to be bringing out. And certainly COVID has opened that up with the, the other piece of it was working from home. Certainly all of us have experienced different, if you're not used to it, like our team, we've always worked remote. So that hasn't been a challenge for us, but I know a lot of businesses, a lot of staff. It is a challenge. It always seems glamorous to be working from home, uh, but certainly the introduction of a lot of people that have kids and them also having to be home at the same time has thrown another challenge into it. Um, so there's a lot of things, that, and I think one of the biggest things that hits me for the working from home, and I'm sure you probably have seen this too, is just the psychological that it has impact that it has on the staff, the business owner, it, it's, you don't realize how it creeps in and it's a slow creep. It's something that starts working day by day by day. And then you don't even realize the repercussions it has until sometimes it's too late. You know, you blow up at your family, you get angry really quick, all these things that we've talked about before. We've had a psychologist on the show before. So it's something that has to be looked at, you know, very closely. And don't just look at all the benefits of it. You have to look at the realistic impact that it has for not only you personally, but your business. All right. So, Sarah, we reached out to our loyal fans and listeners and let them know we had the HR guru and expert of all gurus and experts on the show today. And we asked them, you know, if, if you had the chance to sit in front of Sarah, uh, what was the one kind of igniting question that you had for Sarah? And so they came back with, what are the best phone interview questions to ask a candidate you're interested in hiring? Oh, that's a good one. Um, what are the best phone interview questions? To be honest, it I don't like to go too out of the box when it comes to questions. I think people try to come up with interesting questions to trip up their interviewees Mm. um, to see how they react. And that really doesn't tell you what you need to know. I think at the end of the day, people have to stick with the the basics of recruiting, which is behavioral interviewing. So behavioral interviewing at the end of the day says, tell me about a time when you, you know, for example, uh, I'm working with a client right now who is looking for somebody who is, they tell me, I want somebody who's teachable. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> broad. And, I'm, and, you know, kind of everything else landed on, oh, you know, I'm kind of good with everything. And that's kind of typical. I get that a lot. People said, well, find me someone who's just willing to learn. Well, <laughs> you know, when I'm talking to somebody at the end of the day, I'll say, hey, you know, uh, 
a look into their experience and say, hey, you know, I know you were, tell me about a time when you were owning a project. What was it like? Um, what are the challenges that you faced? What was, how did you ask questions? Um, how did you get the information you needed that wasn't necessarily there? What I'm looking for at the end of the day is people to tell me how they think, how they're resourceful, um, how they process through challenges. Hmm. I think when people ask questions about um, walking through real life situations that they've already been through, I think number one, it puts interviewees at ease. You want to make sure that the people that you're talking to feel really comfortable. We're not looking for them to feel nervous and say, how do they react to a nervous situation and put put on the spot? What you want to do is you want to see them at their best. And sure. it's your job as the interviewer to, I think, make them feel really comfortable. It should be like a general conversation. Um, and, but you want to know what was their, what did, how did they really function in their roles? What was it like for them? What's their thought process? How do they ask questions? How do they learn? How do they um, come up in challenges? You know, you don't really need to know what they're going to do when everything's perfect and easy. Um, so that's where I'd start. Okay, that's mm -hmm. excellent feedback. So it sounds like you're you're talking about it's not only what they res like how they respond or or what the answer is to the question that you're asking them, but it's also listening for how they're responding to it, how they're answering it. So not mm -hmm. directly the answer, but how they go about communicating their response. You know, mm -hmm. are they excited about it? Are they like, do you sense in their tone that they're kind of down on it? Um, is it you hear them get excited and which would indicate that they're passionate about what they do. So you're mm -hmm. kind of reading between the lines and reading between their actual answer to pick up on subtleties probably too, that, you know, if you're just listening for the answer only, then you're missing out on the other component that can be the final piece to answer the entire question. So, right. excellent. Yeah. Um, excellent point. And, you know, and I think what people forget as an interviewer is they're interviewing you just as much. Sure. The one thing that I get a lot more now than I did 10, 15 years ago, to be honest, is people tell me every single question. And this wasn't a question 10 years ago, honestly. People didn't even ask me this back then. But they always say, tell me about the culture at the company you're working at. People care mm. more about the organization that they're working with now than ever. Um, and they really want to know what's it really like working with them? What's the team dynamic? So I think as much as interviewers are saying, oh, I want to figure out if this is the right person. It's just as important to be a good interviewer to sure. really market your company and say, this is a great place to work. And this is why. And if you're sitting there with a book, you know, a list of questions, just firing off and just like, tell me this. And just, it's an interrogation. It's just as much of a bad mark on you as an interviewer in the organization as it is for that person to want to come and meet with you. Sure. Yeah. So that's an excellent point. I think as business owners, we always expect the interviewee to come prepared, to be mm -hmm. present, be ready to answer questions that they've done their research. They've looked in mm -hmm. to the business. They know about it. But equally, it's important for you just because you have their resume doesn't that's not the cheat sheet that prevents you or should stop you from doing further research. Uh, we all know and I, I think we can whether we were the interviewee or that we're the interviewer, uh, resume certainly can be embellished. And so <laughs> uh, if you're just relying on the embellishment of a resume, uh, probably not going to be great start. <laughs> To the yeah. conversation and interview. Many small business owners don't realize what we call the, the trust factor 
unless things like testimonials as seen on TV, things of that mm -hmm. nature generally plays a major, major role in marketing. Mm -hmm. But shifting that focus over to you, do you feel or how, how important do you feel it is that the trust factor be there for you and HR Kangaroo when it comes to marketing your business and services? Well, certainly, um, I think it's a really important part of having somebody who can communicate the ideas of what we're doing on this platform to the person that we're really working with, which is people that are up against HR challenges. And I think you can't put somebody on the phone who doesn't know the business, doesn't know the industry, um, and doesn't know the challenges that these businesses are really facing. So um, in order to really provide that kind of trust, I work with people who really know the business themselves. Um, and that really, I can't replace that. Sure. All right. So there are a few different HR services out there. And mm -hmm. uh, I know you would be the first one to admit that HR Kangaroo is not the only HR service out there <laughs> online. There are a bunch of them out there. Yep. But yeah. I want you to share with us, how do you go about successfully marketing yourself as being different and even better than your competitors out there? What what have you found to be that really good strategy to distinctly separate you, you and your business from the rest of the pack? Well, I think interestingly, to be honest, most of the platforms that are out there are not built by HR people. Mm. And you can tell as an HR person <laughs> who uses them on a consistent basis, it's obvious because the challenges that you're working with it doesn't make it user-friendly. It doesn't make it easy to function what your job is. Um, I think most of the HR platforms are built by tech people mm -hmm. or business people who say, hey, I think HR is something that would be a great business to build a software in, but they've never actually done it themselves. Yep. So they don't really understand their clients. Um, I think that's number one. And I think number two, I think a lot of the softwares out there try to be the HR platform for everybody. Every organization is really different. If you work with a company that says, you know, I have some platforms that are out there said that says we're great for zero to 999. <laughs> any HR person, you don't even have to ask an HR person. Anybody will tell you a business with 850 employees and a business with 30 look very different. Yes. How they function, what their needs are, how they interact with their, the granularity of the roles in the organization. I mean, there's so much there and you really can't service properly one and the other at the same time with the same platform, to be honest, because their needs are completely different. Sure. Um, so I think that's part of it. Um, I think the other part of it, the way that we try to separate ourselves is that we really try to give them more of the HR knowledge built into the tool, as opposed to saying, hey, take what you need to get done and here's the tool that you can do it. Then the question for most businesses, well, what's the how? I don't know how yeah. to connect the dots. Sure, you can show me, yes, I can tailor all my performance management program. I don't know where to begin. What do <laughs> I evaluate on? What am I asking employees? How often should I talk to them? And it's not really baked into the system because they're saying, well, you can do it however you want. Well, that amount of customization for a small business is really overwhelming. Oh, yeah. And that's yep. not their main focus. I mean, you know, business owners trying to figure out how to market their product, how to get it to the client, how to properly fund the business, how to keep the lights on and keep their ship moving forward and growing. And if they're also trying to figure out how to do the HR piece, much less they know they need to do it, you know, I think there's a, there's a frustration there. And that's really what we try to do at HR Kangaroo is trying to build in as much knowledge 
um, as much as you would get from an HR consultant that would do it with you yeah. to guide you hand by hand. And that's why our quote is really carry you. We carry you every step of the way. We want to give you everything as much as we can give you um, to make it really easy for you. Yeah, there, there's something with what you just said, and even you, you mentioned it earlier, was that a lot of those HR services out there are kind of just a, a filing cabinet, if you will. They just, mm-hmm. they they put themselves out there as a full-blown HR service to help you out, then you get involved, and then it's like, well, we're here to help you. Let us know if you have any questions. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we were, back in the day, we were with one of those big companies, well-known. I won't uh, use the letters that make up the company's name on the show today, (laughs) not to give them free advertisement because honestly, uh, we changed services because we weren't happy with it. And I think it goes kind of what you're describing too, is it's like any other kind of service out there. You're looking to bring someone on board and help you, whether consulting or hiring someone in-house. Because a lot of times you as a small business owners certainly have limited knowledge in all these different areas Mm -hmm. and you don't know what questions to ask. So it's like, great, I'm standing in front of the great poobah that has all the answers, but then I don't know what question to ask. It's like, it's so frustrating because it's like, well, you, you got the person that knows every answer to every question, but just make sure you ask the right questions. (laughs) It's like, Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's that's all you're going to give me? Yeah. So yeah, it, it's so true. And I think too, the difference between a good consulting service, which is what you've described, is you provide for your clients as other good business to business type services, some of mm-hmm. them do, is that you are trying to foresee ahead because you know those questions, because mm-hmm. you have the experience with it. You're mm-hmm. trying to lead them down the right path before they even have to get to that point of, I don't know what question to ask. Uh, it's right. okay. I got you covered. I already know what question you're going to ask, what you need to be asking, and here's the answer for it. Yep. And so that's what the really difference is between a great service and just a, eh, that's, that's about as good as you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. when exactly. it comes to marketing, what was it, what, what's one thing that comes to your mind that you feel as, and I kind of describe it this way as the epic failure. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know that's a hard thing to kind of wrap your, your mind around. And even yeah. as a small business owner, mm-hmm. uh, lay claim to, uh, concede and say, yes, that was an epic failure. But when it comes to marketing, what is something that you specifically sought out to do in a certain way? And it just did not end up working out the way you wanted it to. And it was like, look, I got to start somewhere on the marketing front, not mm-hmm. super experienced. I know HR not so familiar with marketing. So I'm going to start somewhere. And Mm -hmm. then maybe it just did not go the way you were, you were hoping it was. That's true. Is there anything that jumps out at you as kind of that fits that kind of criteria? Um, How about starting it out without payroll? (laughs) (laughs) I think that was part of it because I live in the world of HR, right? And as a consultant, people, the clients that come to me obviously feel it's important. They feel HR is important. They know it's value. So I live in kind of a microcosm of biases that people know it's valuable. Sure. And the reality is I think most businesses know that it's important, but it's not their top priority, right? So their top priority when it comes to HR is always synonymous with payroll. And, and I think I forget that, hey, you've got, you cannot move forward and you cannot you know, amalgamate the systems in their, in their life that they're already using <laughs> and their process already if you don't have that. 
So I think that was that was a big realization, I think, for us early on in the year. That's like, hey, we as you can have the best HR software in the world. If you don't have payroll, you're going to struggle and you got to get that figured out. So and just to kind of uh, tie this together with the marketing, what you're referring to, because I, we've talked about this before and I know your services very well, mm-hmm. is that you're referring to you started off thinking your services would be perfect for this. Yeah. This little this little area and this category, and then as you rolled it out, you've got then business owners that are your ideal type of customer and client are mm-hmm. going, yeah, but it doesn't have payroll. Yeah, and then you're every like, oh, question, shoot, every I conversation. Totally... <laughs> yeah. So, you, what you're referring to on a general sense for answering that question for anyone listening as a business owner and how this might apply to them is more so that. It's it's a challenge as a business owner when you're developing a product or a service, you get so kind of tunnel visioned and yeah. laser focused, which is a good thing, but mm-hmm. it can also kind of work against you if you don't broaden the scope a bit or rather get feedback from maybe potential customers. Say, before I roll this out, yeah. we're, we're getting close. Is there anything you can think of? Like, take a look at it and, and see what you think and give me your feedback then you would get, oh, shoot, we didn't even think about payroll. Or we were thinking that we could roll that out later and it wouldn't be that big of a, an right. issue right now. Yeah. And so getting that real-time feedback is extremely important. And you're right, that plays into the marketing because if you roll out a product and you're trying to get it out there and then the one thing that's turning everyone away is it's good, but it's missing this other component. Well, then yeah. you got to quickly go back somewhat to the drawing board and go, we, we got to get that in like now. Yep. So excellent point on that. All right, cool. So last question about marketing is what's on your goals for 2021 when it comes to HR Kangaroo and marketing specifically? Um, You know, I think that's getting really exciting. I think we're going to really, I think once we've got the payroll piece kicked off, I think we're going to really hit much harder on the marketing again. Um, We had focused on HR consultants at the very beginning which I think is still a great place to be at. They are the ones who are working with small businesses, but we are looking to market more of the general market uh, once we've got all of our pieces together. Okay, excellent. We talked earlier about some of the challenges that you face in terms of marketing for your business, Mm -hmm. which being HR Kangaroo. Uh, Shifting over to the other areas of business, what was one of the biggest challenges you faced when starting HR Kangaroo that you didn't maybe foresee? A lot of business owners spend quite a bit of time of planning, prepping, trying to kind of figure everything out from the very start. They're they're doing their best. Again, we kind of talked about you don't know what questions to ask in certain certain areas. Yeah. And so you you do the best you can. You put everything together, you do as much research as you can. But what's one of those areas that kind of took you by surprise? And I find that every business owner, when they first start out, especially, it's one of those like, uh, yeah, I know exactly what that question. I, I got the answer for you before you even finish it. I know what the answer is to that. What's that one for you? Um, I think it was what I didn't expect, to be honest, is how much you think about your business as a business owner. Mm. I think that it literally permeates every waking thought of what you do. Um, and it really doesn't shut off. I, I, you know, and I think we've heard that before. And I think it's one thing to hear it logically. It's another thing to experience it where it not only is in everything you're doing in every action that you're, no matter who you're with, it's on your brain, it's seeps into your dreams and you're just kind of running on 
24 seven thinking about your business. Um, I didn't really expect that, to be honest. I, I know it was important. Hey, I know I'm going to give it all I got, but I thought at least, you know, for an hour I can turn off and you really can't. It's just always on your mind. <laughs> so I'm curious on this because as you're, you're describing this, what comes to my mind is kind of like, you know, on your personal life, someone that has never been in love and comes to you and says, what's, what's love like? Yeah. And you're like, oh, geez, how do I describe? You know, it's like the English language has so much challenge with this as one word describing such a complex term. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. it's different for each person, of course. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I kind of feel like describing what it's like to be a business owner, especially is kind of like describing it the love that you have for your kids, the love yeah. for you that you have for your spouse, mm -hmm. the love that you have for your friends and family, wrap that all together, put it in a blender. It's kind of like that. Like it, it's so many different levels. It's so yeah. complex. It's yeah. changing every day. And some days you hate it. Most days you love it. Yeah. And then there's everything in between. It's like, yeah. it, it's someone you listen to someone describing it, it's like, okay, I, I think you might need some psychiatric help because you're, <laughs> you kind of have multiple personalities going on in that description. But I'm curious, how do you how do you describe it to someone that maybe never had a business? And it's like, I just don't get it. Oh, well, I feel like it's like I always compare it to having a kid. I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> you because it's one of those things where you really don't you can't really understand it until you've been through it. All of yep. us have seen our parents. We've been a child before. We're like, oh, we know what it's like to have a child. We <laughs> talked to all of our friends. We know what we're getting into. You really can't describe it for somebody and you really can't put them in your shoes and they will so never, true. and you yourself will never get it until you've done it yourself. You can work around it your whole life and you won't get it until you go through it yourself. So there's no way to say, ta-da, here, <laughs> here's, you know, your, you, here's, here's a your simple life in my shoes. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> exactly. You know? So I found that when I talk with many different business owners, especially those, you know, for the last 20 years I've been in business, when talking with various different types of businesses, but especially when it comes to those that provide services like B2B, meaning business to business. So you're offering products and services that help other businesses. I kind of describe it back in the day of the gold rush. It was that store that supplied all the picks, the shovels, the axes, and the wheelbarrows, everything. So the gold diggers could go out there, do their thing. They're supporting the small business owner, right? Um, but I find with a lot of these B2B type services themselves, oftentimes neglect in the very area of services that they provide. So it's kind of the shoemaker not having enough time to make his own shoes is kind of that that uh, that uh, example that has been around for quite some time. Uh, so shifting it over to you to kind of put you in the hot seat for a little bit. Uh, for the HR side, do you apply the very services that you provide your clients even to yourself? You know, I do. I do. And the reason why, and I'll tell you why, is I saw a company who um, really lived what they what they sold. Yep. And. And clients, you know, in using their product, ask them a lot, well, how do you guys use this? How does this apply to you? And I think from day one, I knew that that would always be a question for for companies. So we have to live and breathe what we sell. Yeah. So we we use our software, we build in our, our operating procedures in the software, you know, we build our performance management in the software as well. So we have to, I, I think yeah. that way our team knows it, 
not only understands our product themselves on a firsthand basis, but really can apply the same principles to other companies. Our goal at the end of the day is to help businesses manage their HR and they'll say, well, how do you use this for you? Sure. And if they don't, you know, I think, I think it would just be a flop if we did it in, in our particular case, you know, right. because ours is so front and center of what we do and how employees really work within our organization. There's no, there's no really way sure. around it. Um, other companies, I think you can, you can have no shoes, you know, or not have plumbing well done in your own house, but you can do plumbing for another, com for another home and no one will know. But in our case, that's part True, of it. True. But I, I think like you said earlier too, is the difference between that we were talking about, you know, what is the difference between you and how do you market yourself separate from other services like <laughs> yours? And one of the biggest differences that you pointed out was, well, we live, eat, breathe, sleep in the very service that we started in mm -hmm. is what we then provided the solution in. Yeah. Whereas you don't have just software developers in a room that go, well, we think people like this and this makes sense. And, yeah. you know, let's build it this way because that's totally rational for us. But yeah. and then it, it gets rolled out. So, you know, it, it's it's the doctor saying, hey, you know what, for heart purposes, you really need to drop some weight. But you know what? I'm telling you that while I'm smacking on a big fat cheeseburger and I'm 500 pounds, it's like, okay, there goes the trust factor. I don't. Yeah. I mean, it, what's good for the goose isn't good for the gander. How how is that? Uh, you know. So yeah. I, I think that plays definitely a role in the trust component. Is mm -hmm. you can't really probably be that good at what you're providing if you yourself don't actually use it, yeah. apply it that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And we do the same thing for our businesses. We can't go out and recommend to someone, Hey, we'd be really smart for you to start a podcast, but well, do you have a podcast yourself? No, 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 no. We, we'd never do that. Well, wait, why, why is it okay <laughs> for everybody else to do it, but it's not okay yeah. for you. So we, we do that. If there's anything new coming out, we got to try it first before we even make any recommendations for clients to do the same mm -hmm. kind of thing. So mm -hmm. very, very wise for you to say that. And I, I'm glad to hear that. I, it, Fellow, it was a bit of a rhetorical question. I kind of figured I knew the answer to that one that you were <laughs> well, going to share. You but yeah, I just, <laughs> well, but yeah, just to make know. sure. You got to ask it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might as well. Yeah. So, what is one of the biggest mistakes that you find small businesses make when it comes to HR, in your opinion? Like, pick one. And I, I'm sure there is a long laundry list of things yeah. that <laughs> business owners make the mistake. But what's that number one? It's like, look. If you don't do anything else, if you don't hear anything else that I'm advising right now, just focus on this one. This one is key that you really have to pay attention to. Um, you know, it really goes back to the owner. I think okay. people feel like um, they they think about an organization. They think, okay, our company culture, what are we doing? And at the end of the day, I always need to talk to the business owner what their own personal values are. Mm. how they see people, how they see organizations, how they feel about efficient work, all those things. It bleeds into everything that the company does. As much sure. as they want to shield themselves, like, I got other business leaders, I've got other partners. You know, at the end of the day, that people talk about their values and their vision and their mission statements as a business. And I said, you can postulate all these things all day long. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, your culture is developed by those minute interactions on a consistent basis. You have companies who say, I believe in work-life balance. I want my company, I don't want to be burnt out at a company that I've I've been there before. I don't want them for my company. And then you've got business owners who they stick around till 7:30 every night and they see who leaves before them. 
that is where your company culture really begins. And as much as you want to say, oh, well, that's just me. I don't expect my people to do that. If you communicate that to your managers, it comes down through your staff. It creates a culture that I don't think people really recognize. So to start, I think business owners need to ask themselves, what do you believe? What do mm. you really value? And, and really be honest with yourself. Um, and is that the kind of company culture you want to create? Because you will do it a lot more subconsciously than you will do it consciously. That's an excellent point. I think also to add to that, you're probably saying too, is if you start to kind of take a look in the mirror for that and you go, mm-hmm. well, I really want there to be work-life balance. Well, you're right. Now that I really think about it, I'm a workaholic. All right. You know what? Everyone, <laughs> I want everyone to be a workaholic here on the team. It's like, that also might lend to you need to start working on yourself a little bit. You need to kind of, you can change your company culture. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. There's nothing that says it's set in stone from the very beginning and yeah. how you set it that from then on out, that's it. Nope. Yep. It's like, no, you can change at any point. So if it's something that's important to you, mm-hmm. then you need to first start with you, the yeah. owner, the business yeah. owner needs to start with them. Exactly. So what HR change have you seen that has taken place because of a direct result of COVID mm-hmm. that you feel will be here to stay. It's kind of one of those permanent changes. Mm-hmm. But obviously HR, small business, I mean, COVID in itself proved that most business models, I think 90% of them had to adapt. So mm-hmm. even the ones that said, no, 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 our business, is it's, it's so old school. It just always does it this same. Even yeah. them are like, Holy cow, what do we do? I, yeah. We never had to think about this before. So it certainly had an impact on all businesses and it will have a lasting one. I think all of us can agree on that. Mm-hmm. But specifically when it comes to HR, what have you seen? Like what's one of the top ones that in your mind had a direct impact and was a result of COVID and yeah. now is here to stay for as long as you can look into the crystal ball of HR into the world? Well, absolutely. Remote work. I mean, you're going to say that for one will change forever. I think most people felt like there's not a way to manage remote workers. Um, There's not a way to get as much done remotely. Um, Mm. I can't have a team that's remote. The whole idea of remote work, I think, was still, to be honest, really modestly used. A lot of people kind of bucked that tradition. And even HR people who can say all day long, oh, yeah, we believe in work-life balance. We believe in remote work. We set up policies. You don't know how many HR leaders were not comfortable with that idea either. And I think this has forced people to really evaluate, is this a business model that we can really utilize? Is this a function that will be here to stay? And I guarantee you there are way more businesses that are open to the idea, idea. Business leaders who would never have thought you could do it now are saying, hey, either whether I like it or not, it's here to stay. Um, And that's something that they have to really now deal with and be comfortable with. And I think more people are, I think they've, a lot more people have recognized, Hey, you can actually be just as effective as an organization, as a leader, as a team um, remotely, not in everything, but a lot more than before. And I don't think. All right. So all of our listeners out there, if you did not hear that is the working from home is probably here to stay to a certain extent. If you have not already adapted for the work at home for your staff, your team, even working with contractors for that matter, because there are still some businesses that would have contractors come in physically to their business to work on things. Even Mm -hmm. contractors, you need to 
get yourself prepared. If you're planning on staying around uh, and staying in business, you need to Im- really work that into your current processes and procedures. Yeah. Excellent point. Yeah. Something even as basic as using using Slack and using other um, programs yep. that I think will make it easier to do that, I think is a start. Doesn't mean you have to yep. have remote workers today, but it needs to be. Open-minded. Well, and and I think a lot of people shy away from they they use, you know, kind of the teleconferencing type software and they use mm-hmm. something like, let's say, Zoom. A yeah. lot of people tend to go, well, I'm not going to show my camera. I, I didn't embarrassingly enough, I didn't take a shower today. So you know, I don't want people to see me. But yeah. again, going back to that psychological part, there's something about seeing people's faces. There's something even though you're not physically and there is a difference, I will be adamantly clear about this. There's a difference between have a live human being standing in front of you versus being presented on a screen, your brain switches and is sees it differently. It's it just it's a psychological as well as physical. There's a big difference between it. But if you can't get around it, you need to be having the facial expressions. There's a lot of communication. As you know, your your business is founded on communication that a lot of the communication is built on sight, seeing people's facial expressions, seeing, you know, just things that as, as they talk about your tells in the poker world. Uh, your eyebrow goes up or something like that, where you're, you're inquisitive stuff. So it, it's important to have those components worked into it. All right. Well, while Sarah and I continue our conversation, visit igniteradioshow.com. Look for this very episode. There you can hear our entire conversation, how to get in touch with her, learn more about her HR kangaroo business, including additional HR services for small business owners and other information we have been discussing today. I hope the information that Sarah Chang from HR Kangaroo shared today helped light the fuse inside of you and ends up taking your business to the next level. But I'd like to thank our guests today, our production team, our engineering team, and most of all, all of you listening. Until next week, I'm your host, Josh Wilhelm. Have a great and successful rest of the week, everybody. <laughs>